watching the brothers of legacy. We don't stand out. We stand up. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Ah, so my, my dog stole somebody flip flop. That's why um they followed him to the house. So <laughs> went along. Good morning, Mr. Kenyon Glover. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, man. How you doing? Man, I'm great. I'm great. Other than the dog situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Little activity this morning, but we good. We good. We're making it. We made it through. Um, so uh pulling back. So today, uh, we're gonna kind of talk about your journey um with with going into the NBA, that that shift and and some of um the situation just being able to pivot, you know, because I, I know you had a just like I would have gone in, I had a full plan, boom, I'm going here, this is what we're gonna do. And then what happens when all of that changes? Um, and and how do you how did you pull yourself out of it? You know, what was it? You know, we talk about the grace of God and how that shift happened um, and and what you're currently doing and all that good stuff. All right. So there, we spoke, of course, before and, and getting started your journey. Um, you said uh, you, you didn't join the NBA directly. You went overseas. Am I right. correct? Right. All right. right. So if starting from there, um, then what was that like overseas and where were you at? You know, that's that's interesting. <laughs> interesting in itself. Um playing in a in another country and then coming back. Um, what was that journey like? Well, uh coming out of college, uh, you know, I entered I entered the NBA draft and unfortunately I didn't get drafted, which I was very, very upset about. Um so I had to, you know, see, see where I was going to go. Um, and then I got so many offers to go overseas and play. And uh, I chose to go to England just because they speak English. And so I chose to go there. And it was a great, great organization. Um, the coach, you know, he called me every single day. Uh, he really stayed in touch with me. So he really, really made me feel like I was wanted there. So I decided to go to England, to London, actually, and play okay. Play for the Plymouth Raiders. It was called the Plymouth Raiders over there. Okay. And uh, I went over there for um, a, a year. And, oh, uh, man, I, I did my thing. I put up great, great numbers. It was great living over there, man. It was okay. it was, it was, was like, you know, playing in the NBA almost. I mean, you you pretty much labeled as a superstar overseas once you wow. play ball. So okay. you know, it was – it was they, they embraced you like, um, you know, I was a celebrity. So it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience being over there with um, that organization, with those group of people. Um, They really, really made me feel good. They made me feel welcome. They took care of me. Um, They put me in an extravagant place, um, extravagant things, nice cars. Um, So everything was taken care of. I didn't have to really do anything but show up to practice and show up to game day. So uh, it was one of the best experiences, man. I, w- I would say um, that I've ever experienced up until that point. You know, before right, I right. <laughs> right, right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. Um, so, um yeah, so, it, was, it was an amazing experience, man. Amazing experience. Okay. All right. So then you got uh, they got scouted out, or you went to um, you went to a tryout, or they scouted you out, um, getting into the NBA. So they scouted me out because I was putting up 
great numbers over there. I was averaging, I was averaging 37 points a game. Nice. So, you know, I didn't have, it, it was no choice but to take notice. They took notice. <laughs> who, who is this guy over here averaging almost 40 points a game? You know, like it's nothing. I was making it look easy. So, right. um, you know, a couple of NBA teams reached out. The Bulls reached out. Uh, the okay. Bucks reached out. And um, it was one other team. I, I can't remember. Oh, the Memphis Grizzlies reached out. So, okay. um, so I decided to go with the Bucks at that time because of the – I would have gotten to play a lot more. Um, right. I was, you know, I was playing behind. Uh, I don't know if you remember Michael Red. Michael right. Red was the team during that yeah. time. Um, you know, Tony Kukos was still there, top four. Um, so it was a couple of nice players still there. So I was getting a chance to play behind Michael Red, uh, which I, I always admired Michael's game. So um, Bucks called me up, and I was like, "Yo, you know, they offered me a good contract." So right. I was like, I'm, "I'm on my way. I'm on my way." Let's do it, man. So my dream came true, man. It was wow. as soon as I signed on that dotted line, man. It was the greatest feeling that I've ever felt, man. You know, I, I said, you know what? I made it. This this kid from Monroe, Louisiana. Right. Everybody said that I wouldn't make it coming from a small town. Right. I proved right. the haters wrong. I proved everybody who doubted me wrong. Right. I did it, man. I made it. I can always say I made it to the NBA. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So we get in. Um did you and you got to, you got to play a few games or was it the the first game or was it even in practice? So to what what was the journey like once you got to the NBA? I know it wasn't the longest, but how long did you? What happened when you got in? What was crazy is I as soon as I flew to Milwaukee, I had practice that same day. So I'm getting off a 11 hour flight, <laughs> going right into practice. So, you know, I'm, I'm jet lagged, I'm dead tired, but you know what? I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm right. so excited, like, right? This is the right. NBA. So right. I'm, oh, all that tiredness goes out the window right now. Right. So I'm excited at this point. So I get off the plane, head straight to practice, um, you know, getting my gear or whatnot. And man, it's just the, 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 the point of being in the NBA arena, NBA practice facility. I mean, like I said, my adrenaline is just running. I'm ready to get going. I put on my, you know, practice gear, my Milwaukee Bucks practice gear, man. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm feeling myself right now. I'm feeling good. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> thanking I'm God. You. I'm thanking God so many times at this point. Right. And, um, you know, I head out to the floor, and, you know, I'm studying the plays. I had a whole, you know, the whole flight to study the plays and catch up on the plays. Right. But, you know, NBA plays is it's a lot more drastic than, than overseas plays. Uh, it's a lot more uh, movement. It's a lot more things to learn. So it's very difficult at first, you know, trying to adjust to the NBA game right. from overseas game. Right. Um, just being able to study the plays. Um, but I had it. I had it down for the most part. So okay. they immediately threw me in there and, you okay. know, see what I can do and, and right. test my skills out. So <clears throat> I got in there, man. And um, like I said, first day I got there practice and we had a game two days later. Right. So, I didn't actually play until about um, the third game. Okay. Because okay. They, they wanted to kind of let me get a feel of the flow first. Right. first couple of games. So I got in the third game and I was able to play, get on the floor, get okay. a real feel of the NBA experience. Right. Um, right. That third game, man, after that, man, it was on. It was on. Okay. So, like I said, I, I played um, uh, 14 games total. Okay. okay. Before my injury happened. Um right. And after that, man, it was it was a wrap. 
I had that career-ending injury. The doctor told me my knee was done. It was completely done. I could I could no longer play basketball anymore. So wow. that that feeling right there, that the the moment he told me that was the moment my world turned around. The world wow. my, my world turned upside down, um, and I got that feeling of you know my life was over <laughs> wow. at that point. So that was I a I got you. So we we get hurt and and now like what we were focused on and like, this is what we're going to do. And this is what we're going to buy and pay and you right. know, get, <laughs> get the mom in the house, you know, like, you know, like, like anybody, like I got, you know, or auntie or, you know, like I'm going to start that business. Me and we, right. you know, <laughs> I, I, I could only imagine. Um, and, and so it, it shifts, you know, your vision shifts, you know, you're sitting there and now the, the direction that you thought you were going now it's like, what do I do now? You know, so at that point, um, and, it, and if you don't mind sharing, you know, the, the totality of it, like at that point, you know, what was your experience? You know, like the synopsis um, of that period until like your shifting point where you're like, okay, now this is my new focus. You know, what was that period like? Um, I mean, I was in some dark, dark days. I was, I was in the darkness for a year after that. Um, okay. I, you know, people who know me, my story know that I tried to commit suicide. Um, but you know, God saved me from that. Right. Um, so once I got out of that major, major deep depression, I was in a year later, uh, like you said, my, my, my focus had to shift. Right. <clears throat> I had to make a decision, you know, am I going to continue to wallow in this depression and sadness and, and defeat and hopelessness, or am I going to get myself out of this and redirect my life and right. reinvent myself and redefine myself? Right. So I dug myself out of it, man, and uh, I found a new love. I started to do modeling. Um, okay. I got into acting. <clears throat> I got into the entertainment business, and right. and um, you know took off from there, man. I, I started having some some, uh, some success. I uh, started getting books, booking all over the world. As far as modeling goes, I was modeling for some major brands, you know, like Nike and Sprite and Reebok and, and all these different brands I was modeling for. And I was getting paid really well, traveling all over the world. But, you know, what's funny is even though I was finding all of this new success, I was still broken inside, man. Uh... I was still broken inside. I was still battling that inner demon inside that was telling me, you know what? My basketball career is still over. Right. It was it was it was it was it was just nagging at me constantly. And <clears throat> even though you know you know how they say even though some people might look a certain way on the outside, but they right. dying on the inside. Right, right. Um, so I was I was looking the part. I was looking happy, I was looking excited. When on the inside I'm still dying. I'm right. still thinking about how I can try to kill myself again. You know, um, wow. so I just, I just, it, it still took me a while to get over that hump. It took me years and years to really get over that, that feeling, that broken feeling, that defeated feeling that I was feeling. But, um, you know, I, I had a new direction. You know, like I said, I got into acting and modeling and things like that and finding success. But truth be told, man, I was still broken and dead inside. So you, you, so you felt like, you know, of course, going through, 
once leaving the NBA, you felt like if I could just shift my focus and do something else, it that thing will take away, you know, my the brokenness. Because that's in essence, you were just you were kind of broken because you know, like your life is kind of set up to get to a certain space. Um, and it's funny, I'm gonna go there. Um, so did the NBA define success for you at that time? Like that was what you defined as the pinnacle of your success? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that was my dream. That was my dream from seven years old. That's what I wanted to do. That was, that was what I wanted to accomplish. And once I accomplished that, I felt like I made it. That was my success. This was what I worked so hard to get to and I made it. And for that to be snatched from me so quickly, um, I was mad at the world. I was mad at God. I remember, I remember, I remember cussing God out like, Constantly, right? right. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what I was saying, but you know, I was, I was upset. <laughs> I got you. I, I was got upset, you. man. So I didn't really know how to handle that because I was still young. I was only twenty, what, twenty two, twenty three years old, just really getting out into life and experiencing life on my own and experiencing my own success. And right. um, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't handle that kind of defeat at an early age. Gotcha. Um, so let me add this then. So with with your shifting um, from the NBA to modeling, did was it the fact that you felt like your life wasn't still fulfilled, or was it just like still regret or beating yourself up from the the, the NBA experience? You know, like. Like, you know, I know, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure you went through the coulda, woulda, shoulda. Man, I shouldn't have went to the practice after I got a play. Oh, man, I shouldn't have went to that game. Oh, man, I know I feel something. I shouldn't even come, you know. <laughs> going through those shifts, um, like, we're going into, like, the modeling act. Like you said, success was happening. Like, the check wasn't, like, NBA status, but it was it was good. You know, you was, I'm good, you know. But was it what you just still wasn't being feeling fulfilled you know like wasn't feeling like you were accomplished or just you know you didn't feel like you reached the goal that you set out to do i mean it's a combination of all of that to be honest um i truly wasn't fulfilled okay i truly felt like i just didn't reach the success that i wanted to reach okay. uh, this is this is this is where i i didn't envision seeing myself you know this is not the vision that i saw for myself I saw myself playing at least, you know, 20 years in the league, gotcha. you know, once I made it. I didn't experience getting hurt within, uh, what, two months of me making it to the to the promise, like, to the NBA. Uh, <laughs> right. And within two months, my career is already done, already over with, and you're telling me I can no longer play? There's nothing you could do to fix this knee? Right. Nothing. All this technology going on, there's nothing you can do nothing, to fix this right. knee? So. Right. I was I was I was devastated, man, and, and it was hard for me to really shift my focus to anything else. Um, I didn't really want to shift my focus to anything else. To be honest, I was I was hard headed, um, and I was determined to find a way <laughs> to get this knee fixed. You know, I was I went out and sought sought other opinions. You know, gotcha. sought out other doctors' opinions, and everybody told me the same thing that I was done. So I had to accept this. So I had to shift my focus. So I slowly started to shift it. It was it was a slow progression, slow progression. 
Um, but I had to get back to the, you know what? I had to learn how to get back to the basics of how to get redisciplined. <clears throat> gotcha. Okay. Um, so that's, that's the part we're going to get into that shift. And how did you start finding that fulfillment? All right. We'll be right back after this. And then we're going to bring past on as well. Let's go. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by StreamYard. Ready to go live? Go to bit.ly forward slash StreamYard, B-O-L. That's bit.ly forward slash StreamYard, B-O-L. This episode is also brought to you by Self. Build credit now. Go to bit.ly forward slash now build credit. bit.ly forward slash now build credit. All right. Welcome back. Oh. Morning, morning, morning. (laughs) All right. Mr. Glover. Hey, hey. How you doing, sir? Wonderful, wonderful, man. Glad to meet you. I mean, like really meet you. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Um, so we're into the point where um we're kind of trying to get on the other side of this. Like that, you're modeling, you're acting, um, but you find that just that you're not, you're still not fulfilled. Um, so, what was that transition like to to really get out of just trying to do stuff to fulfill um, your life and getting into something else that help you know round out your life and you're not feeling empty in a sense? So, what what was that journey like? Well, I had to figure out a way to rekindle my enthusiasm for life <laughs> okay i had to figure out how to rekindle my passion um that hunger that discipline that focus um i had to figure it out i had to figure out how to get myself out of this funk and the more and more i started to do modeling the more and more i started to do acting the more and more i started to surround myself with people that were uplifting and encouraging and uh, who were really talking life into me um it was all about that transition. Making that transition was tough, but once I started to regain my focus again and regain the discipline that I once had, because um, <clears throat> I had to tap into that discipline because I had to say, you know what? I have to tap into the same discipline that got me to the NBA. I need to re-tap into that discipline that's going to make me successful in the entertainment business. Gotcha. So once I, I kind of reestablished my daily discipline, once I started to <clears throat> refresh myself in God right. and, and get back to my godly foundation, that's when things really started to turn around for me. Um, and that's when the, the whole NBA aspect started to diminish. And I started mm-hmm. to really find myself again. I started to love myself again. I started to love life again. So... <clears throat> Once I started to take those steps, that's when my life started to change and turn around for the best. Um, and I started to really regain my focus and really say, you know what? This is the path. This is the new path that God has me on. Um, so that's when I, I really started feeling good about life again, start feeling good about myself because I hated myself for the longest. I hated the world for the longest. I hated God for the longest. Right. So, um, you know, that that that's pretty much what I had to get you know. Get, get, get going for myself, you know, just to refresh myself in God, to kind of revisit the, 
the new vision that God has for my life and realize that God has a purpose for me. God saved my life from this suicide attempt for a reason. You know, he didn't, he didn't save me from, he, he didn't, he didn't jam that gun for no reason. So obviously there's a new plan that God has for me. So I had to realize that I had to kind of have an awakening to say, you know what? God has a special purpose for me. So let me get myself together. Let me get myself out of this funk and let me, um, like I said, reestablish my, my discipline again. Okay. <laughs> Pastor, when you ask something, you know, trying to give you the floor if you wanted to ask something or if you had something in your brain. No, honestly, man, I'm I'm playing catch up. Forgive me. I had a call that went way longer than I wanted it to go. So I apologize for being late. Uh, I was just listening to to uh to Glover talk, man. And I like I got I have a lot of questions, but I don't know everything that's already been covered. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to repeat anything, uh, but I, you, you said something that triggered something in me, man, because I remember I preached this sermon several years ago entitled, I almost quit. Mm. Right. Uh, and everybody, Oh, pastor, that, that should be a, that should be a book. You should write a book. You should write a book. And for me, it was, I, I didn't, I didn't know how to write a book because it was, it was just a testimony, you know? Um, and I wanted to share with the people that were connected to me, but it ended up being a sermon. And, and in that message, uh, I was talking about what I was going through, having a son with special needs. You know, my only son, I got five children, four girls and one boy. And then my boy has issues, you know, like why, why would you choose my son to do this? You know, uh, and then all that it pulled me away from. So it completely changed the trajectory of my life. Everything that I had planned for my son got shifted because at some point he was going to be in a wheelchair. So I couldn't throw the ball. We couldn't run. We couldn't race each other. I couldn't, you know, we couldn't ride the bikes together. You know, I couldn't teach him how to play basketball. We couldn't do all those things that, you know, every, most fathers want to do with their sons. So it hurt me. I, I, you know, I went into a struggle and then he got sick and I, and I hit this, Quasi depression. I'm when I either you depressed or you're not. I hit a depression right. uh, and I had to fight my way out of it. So when I hear you talk about getting into the league and then all of a sudden, two months into the league, your entire world shifts. You got to reestablish purpose because not, because for me, everything in my life began to revolve around my son. Now, what people what I think most people miss is. As a parent, your life revolves around your children anyway, right. right? But when you have a special needs child, it's even deeper because now, you know, I got to clock in and clock out. I'm always on them. Everything I do revolves around him. He needs me at every step. He can't scratch his own nose. If his nose itches, I got to scratch it for him, right? So it hurt emotionally, mentally, psychologically. I felt like I got uh, crippled, no pun intended, you know? I'm not able to do all the things that I thought I was going to be able to do. He can't do any of the things that I thought he was going to be able to do. Everything changes. So what do I do now? How do we be great? You're saying, how am I going to be great when the one thing that I've been focused on my entire life, I've been, everything I did growing up was to get me to this point and now I can't do it anymore. Right. So this is the part I want you to get into, bro. Because my message was I almost quit. That don't mean I didn't quit because I quit. Right. I quit on life. I just didn't die. 
Right. Right. You understand? And so to rebuild that, man, I I want what I want to hear from you, because somebody is in that space. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You said I had to get I had to rebuild, I had to redesign, but you had to have a new target. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that target wasn't what somebody gave you. That target had to be something that you decided for yourself. Because you say, you know, I got, you know, I reestablished my 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 position in the Lord. I have people speaking into my life, but you had to have a new target. What was it? Because it can't be the fame of basketball and it can't be the fame of entertainment. Right. You needed a new sense of purpose. Right. And a new sense of purpose is not I'm an actor. That's not a purpose. That's a gig. Right. 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 So what was your new target? What was your new purpose? To make you get, because you said I'd reestablish discipline. I got to put the same energy. What, what, what were you targeting? Right. That made you get up. That kept your body in shape. That all right. the effort you put into that work, all the all the work you put into being ready on the court, right. you had to be ready for your daily grind. Right. Push you in. Yeah. So pretty much, man. What 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 that was was helping other people. I wanted to help other kids who wanted to get to the league. I wanted to help other kids that were striving to make it to the NBA or to play professional sports. <clears throat> I wanted to help those kids. I want to pass down my knowledge to them. Right. So that's what kind of helped me so much because these kids that saw me make it, these kids from this small town of Monroe, Louisiana, saw me make it. They saw the grind. They saw the hustle. They looked up to me. They wanted to be like me. They wanted to believe in themselves because I made it out. Right. So that inspired me, that encouraged me to want to go back and give back to them, to impart my knowledge and my wisdom to them. Right. So that really helped me to dig my way out of the, the, the darkness that I was in, <clears throat> just to be able to uplift these kids that look up to me. So I wanted to really embrace the fact that, you know what, I, I can help change somebody else's world. I can help change somebody else's life just by lifting them up just by bringing them out of the situation that they're in, just by helping them to believe in themselves. You know, when I had given up on myself, because they say sometimes the the way that you dig your own self out of depression or sadness and loneliness is by helping somebody else to dig them out. So as I was helping them, as I was digging, helping them dig themselves out of the situation, I was actually helping myself. I was healing myself in in the same aspect. Right. So that, that's one of the main things that really helped me to get back focused. And once I started to help change somebody else's life, my life started to change for the better. Nice. So that was one of the things that helped me a lot. Nice. Nice. So their motivation became your currency, emotional right. currency. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> that's good. What about, so you, so you found a way, you found a tool, a resource to get you to climb out yes absolutely i've learned in life it's one thing to be in a pit engulfed in darkness and see that the walls of the pit are slick and you can't grab a hole you're struggling to get out Mm -hmm. you try to climb you slide back down you climb you slide back down and you found a way to motivate you to get to climbing and to keep climbing there is a feeling of exhilaration when you are climbing. You feel yourself gaining momentum because mm-hmm. you're watching people's lives change. You're seeing them get motivated. 
you you get to climb it and all of a sudden you reach a plateau you reach a level where you feel like oh man okay now i'm feeling something that i used to feel yeah it's called getting back to the surface yeah yes but there's life after reaching the surface right Mm -hmm. now i'm out of the pit i'm no longer depressed Right. And I was able to use all of that to get me out. What do I add to that to begin to climb right. once I'm out of the pit? Mm-hmm. You understand? Because I saw all the people in darkness. So I got light. I got motivated by trying to pull them up out of where they were. And that helped me climb. Now I've made it to the surface. What's going to make me great? Because great ain't getting out. Yes, great is what you do once you get out. Yeah, right. Yes, right. See, getting out is survival. Right. I survived. I didn't let the pit kill me. Right. Now I'm out here and everybody can see me. Right. Mm-hmm. Now what do I do? We're going deep, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how, do I, how do I get to the clouds? Yeah. I'm out of the dirt now. How do I get to the clouds? Because you in the clouds now, bro. I'm just trying to figure out how you got there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, once I got out of that situation, and I started to, like I said, find some success in acting and modeling, Um, I got some very, very good roles. I got, you know, some, some little bit of fame. I got in some major TV shows. I was really doing my thing for years. Right. You know, I got married. Right. Um, and and that situation was was very interesting. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't go as planned. Uh, okay. Didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Okay. So that situation actually took me back down the road of depression. Gotcha. So I fell I fell back into um, you know suicidal thoughts, and I even tried to attempt suicide again on my life. Okay. Which, which God saved my life for you know a, a, a third time. Right. Yep. Um, and once he brought me out of that situation, because uh, I was actually pronounced where well, I was dead for a moment until they revived me because I I overdosed on pills. Um, and they brought me back to life and I woke up. I was in the hospital, you know, with all these tubes in my nose and my throat. Right. Um, then they sent me to the, you know, the mental hospital or whatever you call that. Right. Uh, so I spent right. some time in there for about a month or two until I got out. And I reached the point of, of the breaking point at that time. You know, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of going through this. Enough is enough. Right. You know? Obviously, I can't. Obviously, God won't let me take myself out. Right. Obviously, it's not my time to go yet. Right. So <clears throat> the point that <laughs> this, the moment that w- really woke me up was I went to church. As soon as I got out of the mental hospital, I went to church like, about a month later okay. and while sitting in the congregation, the pastor called me up, just called me up. And he said, um, God wants me to tell you to stop. Mm. <clears throat> and once, once he said that, I knew what it meant. He said, God wants me to tell you to stop whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying to do, just stop. Um, I can't remember word for word what he said, but he was like, um, God has a mission for you. God has a certain 
purpose that he wants you to carry out. He has a plan that he wants you to fulfill, but you got to stop doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I knew what he meant. So after that, I, I, I broke down in tears when he said that, because I knew exactly what he was talking about. And I knew that it was God speaking to me at that moment because, you know, the pastor wouldn't have known. The pastor didn't know what I was going through. So I knew it was God speaking to me at that moment. Right. And at that moment, I dropped down and, and on my knees, literally, and just I started crying. And I left that church that day knowing what I had to do, knowing what I had to do. I had to really, really stop conforming myself to the world. Right. And allow God to transform me into the man that he wanted me to be. Right. Well, I had to rededicate my life, rededicate my focus to serving him and living out the purpose that he created me for. Right. Stop trying to live in my own purpose and get out of my own way because I was getting in my own way. Mm. A lot of people don't understand you. You can be your own worst enemy. Right. Bro, you better say it. You better say it. I became my own worst enemy. I was standing in my way from living in my purpose. Right. Yeah. So once I decided to get out of my own way and allow God to direct my path, right. my whole life changed. And that's when I wrote my first book, The Rebirth and Resurrection of a New Band. I wrote that in 2020. And ever since then, man, my life has completely turned around, completely been transformed. Mm. So, And that's when I finally saw the light. That's when I finally knew my purpose. Right. Wow. I love that. Okay. That's awesome. Speaking of speaking of books, <laughs> segue go. Uh, if he's written you written two books, am I correct? Yes, two books, yes. Um, so definitely check out uh kenyonglover.net, www.kenyonglover.net, um, and find out everything this man is doing, all of the changes that he's making, the the lessons that he's teaching. Um, and if you want him to speak at your event definitely check him out um it's 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 his his story is very inspiring um Mm -hmm. and you know you you hit the pinnacle you know like i said you think you're going somewhere and 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 for a lot of people you know you have a goal and you have a focus but what do you do when it shifts and you know pastor says something great um you know when a thing comes your goal or your purpose and your focus, you know, what happens when you can't reach that thing? You know, what happens? How does this define your life? And and for many others, um, you know, you can't let that thing define who you are. You know, yes. this can't be something I'm shooting for, but you can't let that thing define who you are. Like, you know, he said acting all like, that's great, but those are just gigs. <laughs> you know, that's not who you are. That's not right. what you're for. Um, you know, we're, we we have the, the gifts in our hands, the gifts to make room for you to do certain things in order to accomplish a purpose. But that purpose is in us. Um, and I and I feel like that that's where life is. And but for you, I understand 14 is like NBA is my purpose. <laughs> you know, like it's, just, it's in me. And then, like you said, you're killing it overseas. Like, oh, yeah, this is who I am. I'm 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 going to be making the money changing lives with this money from NBA doing these things and NBA is my purpose. But, but but you are set forth to be a testimony to those when what you think is your goal is not really where you're supposed to be going. 
you know, God has set you up to be a testimony for others that when you don't reach that goal, that doesn't mean that your life is over, nor that was your purpose, but you have something greater to do, you know, and, and sometimes we just need to get the, the training or the testing in order to become better, you know, become who God has called us to be. So your, 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 your testimony is, is, is great, you know, and then shifting and creating a new target, you know, like, okay, that wasn't it. That wasn't it, you know, but having God to get that fulfillment, I, you know, if I'm fulfilled, I'm good. You know, I just going after something new, you know, like I said, that next gig, that next opportunity, you know, but I'm, I'm still walking in my purpose regardless of what I'm doing. Right, um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's real good. Like I said, can you powerful, man. yeah. Um, and he's currently uh, cheaper to keeper on Amazon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> currently running. So make sure you guys uh, check him out. Uh, support. Uh, this brother's doing some great thing. And the Hills. Is that what is that? Is that what is that? Cheaper? Oh, is that a show? Yeah, it's a movie. Or it's a movie, right? Yeah, it's a movie. It's actually cheaper too. Like the number two keeper. Ah. Oh, cheaper to keeper is a movie that you've done. Yeah, it's a movie on Amazon Prime Video now. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go check it out. It's a comedy. It's very funny. You're gonna love it. Awesome. Okay. All right. Um, so again, Kenya, we appreciate you for for being here, being being transparent, sharing your story. Um, hopefully, what you've shared has motivated or helped somebody or inspired someone to keep pressing, even when things don't go their way. Because we know when things go our way. <laughs> Man, like I think this ain't going my way, you know. Right, right. Um, we gotta understand things happen for a reason, you know, all things work together. So uh we have to definitely uh definitely support can follow him. He's got some good things happening. Um purchase, gotta buy the book full price. You know how we do past the full price, no discounts. <laughs> no discounts, thank you. No discounts. <laughs> Deborah. Ms. Bridewell, thank you for connecting us. Um, she is she is the reason that we are the gentleman is here today um, or on the on the video podcast. Yes, yes. So we appreciate you guys. Um, it's another edition of Brothers of Legacy. Um, listen, done. We good? No, we're not done. I mean, we don't have to be done. You got right, a question? I'm, look, I'm, look, I, look, we got it. Wait, look, I'm trying to squeeze, man. I look. <laughs> oh, you late? Late? I know, right? It's all with the late ones that want to hang. <laughs> no, nah, listen, no, because like you, you said so much, man, it, like what I heard when you were talking, you know, having the gift and the talent to to pursue an NBA career, you know, in right. a lot of cases, you know, we're chasing that bag, you know, I want right. to be rich, you know, right. and what you find is, man, I wanted to be rich, but I ended up wealthy, <clears throat> you know? Uh, that's real talk because what these books have been written. Mm. If you was an all-star, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yes, sir. Right. That's and that's the part that I'm I'm pulling out of this, you know, and, and, and you talk about and that's why I say the difference between what you do versus who you are. Right. So God had to pull out who you are. And and I feel like, you know, well, I'm not I don't know if that would have happened. Like that, you know. I feel like you know every every step we take. This is something uh, I heard another athlete, Ryan Clark, say this. He said, 
uh, every step is not necessarily going to be in the right direction. And, and every decision is not going to get you, may not get you to your goal because we are imperfect people. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I love about God, because you talk about, you know, you want to take out your own life and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, we got to make room for things to go wrong and be able to overcome that. Right. Right. And, and you are a testament to how something can go so very wrong and then you get it, you get back up on your feet and then you fall again. You understand? And it's like, what, 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 wait, I thought I was, I was, I was out of it. Right. I was out of it. Right. I was on a pad. This like, I'm trying. And, and then it, what, what is this? Is am I cursed? Right. Like, where right. did I go wrong? And, and, and so we have to be willing to accept the fact that every step is not necessarily going to be in the right direction, but all things do actually work together for them who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. Absolutely. God is going to pull his purpose out of you. Absolutely. And I feel like sometimes he pulls it out because we're trying to force another path in our life. Right. There, you there you go. Right. Yes, sir. And he's going to have his way. And, and when he has his way, you're going to get your way. Absolutely. That's what I love. And that's what I hear coming out of you, man. And that's why this is so, so rich to me, uh, because and, and I don't know who's going to hear this. But somebody's life will change. Somebody is in that pit right now and they're going to be able to get they're going to be able to climb or get motivated to climb. Somebody got themselves together and then fell back again. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And they're going to realize, well, I, I'm still breathing. So I have another chance. Definitely. That's that old adage. You know, thank God for a second chance. No, thank God for another chance. Right. Definitely. You know, Absolutely. over and over and over again. So, man, you blessed me today, bro. Even though I was late, I still got blessed. <laughs> Thank you, man, for sharing. Yes, indeed. Hey, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. It was such a pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so again, we appreciate you guys for rocking and hanging with us. Make sure you're sharing, sharing is caring. Make sure you're tagging some other people that may be going through the same kind of challenge. Um, let everybody know that the brothers are on with Miss Kenya and Glover. Um, and we look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow, same time, same channel. Uh, and if all hearts and minds are clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, look. Now that we've met, I get to be able to tell people uh, he's my friend. Right. There might come a time where I'm gonna have to prove that you're my friend. So keep his contact information, <laughs> Eddie. Absolutely. Thank you, All right, guys. We look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Thank you. Continue to stay blessed. Hey, don't leave yet, Mr. Glover. Don't leave. Okay. For a second. Um, know that we love you guys. Love you more. We'll see you in the AM. Peace out. As always, we love you. Uh, know that God loves you more. Stay safe. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you.